We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the DFS OGs podcast with part two, where we'll cover the afternoon games for you on Sunday. We'll cover Sunday night football, Monday night football, answer some user questions, but we'll keep the football talk rolling before we get into nonsense, as we like to call it. So welcome back in. I'm Chris, beer makers fan Prince, joined as always by the OGs, Derek Shop. What's going on, guys? Are we ready here for part two? Derek, what do we think? Yeah, definitely ready. We've only got uh, four afternoon games and then uh, the primetime slate, so it'll be quick, and then we'll get into the questions. All right, Chop, we're ready for part two. Any quick thoughts, something you want to get off your chest here before we jump into the games? <laughs> uh, just, I just vaguely, quickly took a look at the afternoon slate and the Monday and Sunday night slates, and, man, I can't wait for that Monday night game. But We'll talk about it, but, boy, I got to imagine the ratings on that thing are going to be through the roof. Yeah, we, we don't get to just plug in Patrick Mahomes this week at quarterback and move on on the main slate. But, yeah, that should be a fun one. Even Sunday night uh, should be a fun game. But let's start with our afternoon games. We have four of them starting at 4 o'clock on the East Coast. Let's start with you, Chop, Seattle and Arizona. Seattle, a team, went home, got it done. Arizona continues to get lost. But I think the story here is Josh Rosen – Going to make his starting debut. I still have no reason and no explanation as to why in the hell they bring this guy in the game against Chicago at that point that they did. But at least he gets prepared here against Seattle. That being said, any interest in Josh Rosen making his debut against the Seahawks? 
you know, I don't think so. Although, you know, we are on – if you're just playing just the afternoon slate and there's not that many options, maybe you can make a case for him. But I probably want to pass. I don't think he's uh, quite at the level that Baker Mayfield is as a rookie. And I just he just doesn't impress me as much as other rookies I've seen over the past few years. I'll pass on that. Really, I look at the game in general, and the only guy I really have any interest in is taking a shot on David Johnson to bounce back here. Uh, I don't want any piece of the passing game for Arizona. And uh, looking at Seattle, I think it's a tough matchup. I don't think Chris Carson is as effective running the ball this week as he was last week. Russell Wilson is always a a one-man show, but this is not an easy matchup this week on the road against Arizona. And Tyler Lockett would would be the one guy I want to play, but I got a feeling Tyler Lockett is going to get locked down by Peterson, so I can't play him, and that takes away the best weapon for Wilson. This is a really tough game for me to get behind outside of David Johnson. Yeah, pretty low total here, 38, 38 and a half. So I'm with you. Not a lot to get excited about in this one. Derek, agree, disagree? You seeing something I'm not seeing? Yeah, I was going to hit on the totals tied with the Jaguars game for the lowest of the week. So not a lot to love here. I do think if you're playing the afternoon slate, you could definitely look at David Johnson. Maybe the change of quarterback is going to help him a little bit. But I have no idea what this coaching staff's doing. I mean, they took David Johnson out of the game in that short third and short at the late part of the game uh, just because he missed a block or something uh, the previous play. I can't believe what they're doing. They don't have Patrick Peterson shadowing the number one uh, receiver from the opposing team. I, I, don't, I don't know what the Cardinals are doing right now. So uh, if it's the case again and we hear that, you know, Peterson's just going to be play his one side of the field, then I don't mind looking at Lockett in tournaments. Uh, but that's about it for me. I mean, Carson had the 100 yards, but – 32 carries uh, for 102 yards, average of only 3.2. He's not really a big part of the passing game, so I agree with you guys. This one's pretty ugly. They're dangling a carrot here in David Johnson, though. 6,600 is a guy I'm certainly going to take a look at. I know the struggle's been real. I know they're not utilizing him, but that is a, a great price to pay for a guy if they do figure it out. And this is not the Seattle defense of old, so a very much interested in David Johnson at that price point. All right, next game, Derek, Cleveland and Oakland. Baker Mayfield show was, was alive and well the other night. Uh, looked very good out there. Looked like he belonged. And I think that changed finally permanent. And then you have the Raiders who it's just bad. I, I don't know what good we can say about the Raiders here. So to me, this is a spot I want some Cleveland. Maybe run it back with a little bit of Oakland. What do you think? I mean, the Raiders have built a lead in every game so far this season, right? Uh, yeah, sounds right. <laughs> and then just falling apart. Uh, so, yeah, um, I wish this game was in Cleveland. I would feel a lot better about Mayfield. I still think he's fine. Um, 5300 is a good price point for him. He just looks so good and so, uh, you know, in control last week against the Jets. This will be his first start, so, uh, you know, maybe the pressure will get to him a little bit more. But uh, I think it's a boost to this passing game as a whole. I like Landry. I think it's a good uh, bounce-back spot for Najoku. I uh, only saw two targets last week, but caught them both for 36 yards. Maybe you finally get him going a little bit. 3200 is a good price point for him. Uh, still not a ton of interest in the running game. You know, maybe look at Carlos Hyde. If they're playing from ahead, he'll get a bunch of carries. But it's one of those things where you just got to predict the game flow in hopes that uh, they're winning. And if not, then it could be a Duke Johnson type of game. As far as Oakland goes, I have no idea what to do with them right now. I mean, Amari Cooper was shut down. Uh, by the by the Dolphins last week we saw Jordy Nelson have that big game out of nowhere I I don't really want to target anyone here maybe 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe take a shot on the Browns' defense. Yeah, I don't hate that. I, I really like Antonio Callaway in this one. Baker Mayfield and Callaway have a great connection in the preseason. They spent a lot of time practicing together, and Mayfield's going to take his shot. So I like that pairing. It may kind of fly under the radar a bit. Chop, thoughts, Browns and Raiders. Real tough to get excited about this Oakland team right now. Yeah, the Oakland offense here is really uh... – Really difficult to get behind in this game. Cleveland's not a bad defense. Amari, obviously, huge letdown last week after, like, a bad first week, <clears throat> just an incredible second week, and then back to Amari last week. So, uh, it's hard to get behind any of that stuff. Uh, for Cleveland, they are – that is kind of exciting now to, to be able to, you know, check out some things here for Cleveland. So, Mayfield's going to inject the passing game with some enthusiasm here. I think Jarvis Landry benefits from it. But I think maybe in terms of what they've done so far this year, the biggest beneficiary is going to be David Njoku. He's a guy who I'll plug – like his salary now is almost rock bottom across a lot of sites. I'll definitely plug him in here. I think that uh, Mayfield will be able to get him the ball a lot more than uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor did. So I'm all in on Njoku this week, and Landry will have a good game. and. I'll pass on the the rookie Callaway and, you know, just hope it's a Mayfield game, passing the ball around. No. And that's, that's the way I'll roll with it. No love for Callaway on huh? 10 targets in that one. The price actually went down. I mean, he didn't do a lot with the 10 targets, but you know, I, I think that connection is interesting. And Mayfield, a cheap quarterback option. We know a lot of people are going to be looking down in the cheap seats, 5,300 against the Oakland defense. Uh, don't hate that combination of those two. All right, next game. New Orleans and the Giants here, Chop. New Orleans went into Atlanta and got it done, you know, with, with the usual suspects. We know it's Breeze. We know it's Camara. We know it's Michael Thomas. As for the Giants, another team, you know, they, they got it done in Houston, but coming back home here, everything hasn't looked great for them. Does it start to look better here against this New Orleans defense this week? You know, New Orleans is getting shredded on defense, so maybe it is. And Vegas has given us a total of 50. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big line right there. So – Maybe there's something to that this week. Maybe this is the week the Giants get back on track. I think Odell is obviously a matchup-proof guy any week, and this would be no no exception this week. He's a uh, like week one. He sh he put up a great stat line against uh, Jalen Ramsey, and then last week or two weeks ago, another good one. And like he's pretty much got a super high floor. Odell does, and now he's. Even if he gets – I don't know if he gets shadowed by Lattimore because they'll move Odell around enough. But even if he does, Lattimore has been very, very beatable this year out of nowhere. So uh, Odell would be my choice to finally get in the end zone this week and, and do some damage. And uh, maybe maybe Barkley. May, Saquon's look pretty good, but he doesn't have a lot of running room. But he's just a very talented guy who makes the most out of the very little he's given. And on the flip side, the Saints, like, you could have pretty much stacked the Saints offense with a couple of guys the other way in every week this year and probably pulled off an incredible finish in the Millionaire Maker. That's how bad their defense has been and how good their offense has been, and I don't expect very much different this week. It's very centered around Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. You can run them in there. It's uh, revitalized Drew Brees this year, having to pass so much without the strong defense. So. Those are the three guys you can they're really they're a really tight core team right there with those three guys. I like yeah. them all. Yeah, it's it's nice for stacking purposes. We can we know where the ball's gonna go. So as far as Saquon goes, I mean twenty-three or more twenty-two or more fantasy points in three straight games. So he's getting it done. Derek Kamara's up to ninety six hundred. Can we possibly pay that price this week against the Giants? 
I think you can, but if you plug him in, you basically have 5K per player uh, to spend on the rest of your lineup. You know, we kept hearing time and time again that they're not going to give Kamara more than 20 touches. Well, last week he got 31 touches, um, including 15 receptions. I know that game uh, went into overtime, but you know what? They're going to keep feeding him the ball. And uh, like we talked about in our Roto Academy course, we like targeting these offenses that are very concentrated, and the Saints certainly have one. Uh, it is worth noting that this is going to be their first outdoor game of the season. They opened with two home games and then obviously went to Atlanta last week. So it'll be interesting to see if they can continue to put up points uh, at that high of a rate. But I still like Kamara. I still like Michael Thomas. He broke the NFL record for most catches through the first three games of the season. He has uh, 38 catches already, which is uh, pretty crazy. And I think he's done it on 40 targets. Uh, incredible efficiency there. So I'll go right back to those two. And then the Giants, we have to have interest in them. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be a couple players in this offense that have big games. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, deciding which ones it's going to be. I agree with Chop. I do think Odell is matchup proof. Not too worried about him being shadowed by Lattimore. Even if he is, I think that's a matchup that he can win. And I don't think Lattimore travels in the slot all that much. Odell does run some snaps uh, out of the slot. They move him around a lot. So I like him. And if you are worried about the matchup with Lattimore, then certainly look at Sterling Shepard. Uh, Evan Ingram would be viable as well. Uh, but the guy I love the most is going to be Saquon Barkley. In PPR scoring, he has scored 24, 25, and 23 fantasy points in the first three weeks of the season. And it doesn't even seem like he's had that good of a game yet. Um, this could be a breakout performance for him. 8,100 certainly seems like a really good price point. Yeah, Shepard's going to be one of my favorite sneaky plays of the week. 4,900. Evan Ingram, I don't think he plays this week. So that's going to be you know a lot of attention on Beckham, Barkley, I could leave Shepard. Even a guy like Cody Latimer at 3,300 could enter the conversation here, uh, soaking up some of those Ingram targets. So love Shepard under 5K. Agree on Odell uh, in this game overall. You're going to want some exposure here because these teams are going to definitely put some points on the board. All right, moving on, Derek. San Francisco and the Chargers. San Francisco, I mean, they got a black cloud over their head. They lose McKinnon. Now they lose Jimmy Garoppolo. So C.J. Beathard. Beat hard, whatever you want to call him, is back in our lives against the Chargers. Does this just tank the entire 49ers offense for us? Oh, I think it has to. We've got a feel for the 49ers fans. Uh, you know, Jimmy G out for the season. Definitely rough. Beathard was captain check down last season, so I don't really have much hope for this Niners offense. I do think it's a good spot for the Chargers defense. Do you know if Joe, Joey Bosa is going to be back yet? I have not seen definitive yet. If he is, just fire up uh, this Chargers defense. Um, you know, they're 3,900. Uh, I'm glad that they priced him up a little bit. And we saw last week paying up a defense with the Vikings doesn't always work out, but uh, certainly a good spot on paper. And then for the Chargers offense, I think it's probably just going to be the same guys as usual. I like uh, Melvin Gordon quite a bit in a game where they're going to be playing from ahead. Got to think he's going to have uh, quite a bit of touchdown equity in this one. And then Keenan Allen coming off of the poor game. I know Mike Williams you know, had the big uh, outing, but I still think Keenan Allen is going to be the guy you want to target in this offense. The only concern would be if they get off to a huge uh, lead, what, what they do with the passing game. But overall, not a ton of interest in the, the Niners. I'm going to give you a sneaky 3K crapper, as our boy Dan Bach likes to say. Kyle Juszczyk, a pass-catching running back. Derek, you mentioned C.J. Beathard loves to throw the running back. I mean, Carlos Hyde had about a million targets when he was under center last season. Reed is banged up. Alf Morris is hurt. He doesn't catch the ball anyway. Kyle Juszczyk, just 3,100. So, Chop, am I crazy there? Are we just avoiding the 49ers? Any interest 
in a guy like Juszczyk. And then Chargers, seems like all systems go there. Uh, Chef. Uh, you know, you'd have to really sell me on that one a little more before I roster some Chef. But uh, I, I agree. I think I think Beathard tanks most of this offense. So, uh, we I don't I can't get behind Goodwin. Or in, maybe maybe even maybe Pierre Garcon, maybe a little George Kittle, but you know they're going to be playing from behind, like you guys said. So um, I don't know, man. I, it's tough for me to get behind any of these guys. And yeah, I think this is a blowout. I think it's a good spot for the Chargers defense. On paper, it looks like def- Chargers defense, Melvin Gordon, a solid pairing. But you know that a lot of times doesn't work out like that. Philip Rivers could throw his five touchdowns here and. But it does look like Mike Williams is the guy who's uh, kind of taken over the number two spot with Travis Benjamin out of this lineup. It's been Mike Williams getting targeted the most outside of Keenan Allen. So he's kind of thumped Tyrell Williams down the pole a little bit. So Rivers got some good targets, man. He's got some good receivers to throw to. I think he could really uh, have a monster day here, just even in a blowout. You know, one of those things, you look up at his line and he threw for 300 plus and five touchdowns before they got him out of the game. Yeah, Mike Williams still underpriced, in my opinion, 4500 So another guy that you're looking for a cheap receiver. There's a, quite a few of them on this slate, but he certainly stands out uh, for some value. So uh, Sunday night, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. We don't have showdown pricing, but we'll cover the analysis and give you guys what we're looking at anyway. So, Chop, what do you think? High scoring total here, a high total in Vegas, I mean, for this game. Interest level, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. I think there's a lot of interest. Who stands out as the guys you must have? Uh, it's interesting. You don't usually get like a 50-plus point total when Pittsburgh and Baltimore square off. You used to, you know, those used to be the terrible defensive sluggish games that you didn't even want to watch unless you were a fan of the team. Now we get a 51 total here. So I think it's going to be very interesting. And uh, I would expect, uh, you know, Antonio Brown to have a, a decent game or a good game. I mean, but. Man, has Juju not just really burst onto the scene, man, and really put him good. in his rear? It's, it's weird the way he's done. I know he's a talented guy. He always was. But, uh, yeah, Big Ben's got some good weapons there. Uh, again, James Conner after the big – it's weird. I, I faded him the first week because I didn't like the ownership and what I had seen at him in previous years. And it just kind of built up this little bandwagon thing where I faded him the next week too. And then I faded him the next week. I just couldn't. And I think I'm in the same spot again this week. I don't want to roster James Conner against Baltimore here. I know, you know, for the price tag now, he needs to start finding the end zone. The little checkdowns are nice, but I don't want to – I don't I'm, – I'm out on James Conner. I like the passing game here. And what about – now, we have to be – there's no way we can make it through this, this podcast and not talk about what Vance McDonald did oh. to Chris Conte <laughs> on, a, on Monday Night Football. That was pretty awesome. And McDonald's is just another weapon – that Big Ben can throw to. And every once in a while, he has these blow-up games because he's actually a really good receiving tight end. So just never know when Vance McDonald is going to have that big game. It could happen again this week. Uh, the Ravens, John Brown, that's about that's about the extent of my love for Baltimore is, is jumping on John Brown. Yeah, I mean, those running backs, both guys are good, but they kind of you know cannibalize each other, Allen and Collins. So you never know which one it's going to be. But – Vance McDonald, that, that was a big boy play there, Chop. I mean, he, he just put him down. And a lot of people on Twitter, this was funny last night, were tagging at Chris Conti. Turns out yeah. at Chris Conti is a weatherman in Nashville, I believe. So his Twitter was getting blown up with people <laughs> making fun of him getting stiff-armed. And he had a good time with it. So 
make sure you go check that out. But man, that that was one of those uh, posterized plays, we'll call them. Big, so Big T says that that's what it would look like when the siege gets a hold of draft cheat in the ring. Oh, that, see, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking yeah. forward to that match for sure. So maybe we'll do a little separate podcast uh, previewing the old boxing match if it comes to fruition. But Derek, let's talk Sunday night football here. Ravens, Steelers, chop mentioned pretty high total. We normally don't see in this game. So 51, I think a lot of guys are in play. Who are some of your favorites? All right. So before I get there, it's trivia time. Uh, how many points have the Ravens averaged over their last eight regular season games? Uh, are you asking us? Yep. Um, I'm going to go 29. 32. Ah, got a beer. Oh, bam. 32 points per game. I mean, that's pretty crazy for an offense that we generally don't think of as a high-scoring offense. Uh, this line opened at 48.5 all the way up to 51.5, like you guys mentioned. I definitely think the over uh, was in play at 48.5. Still like it at 51.5, to be honest. Um, I think there are a ton of plays in this game, and if you were playing this, you're probably doing it in the uh, primetime slate. Well, I do agree that James Conner feels overpriced. Uh, we have to roster two running backs in this primetime slate. And, you know, the other options are Kareem Hunt, uh, the guys from Denver, and then we have the, the time split in uh, Baltimore. So I do think Conner is going to be viable just because uh, there are a lack of other options at the position in the primetime slate. Uh, I like Joe Flacco, especially uh, if he's going to be playing from behind, like pairing him up with John Brown. Uh, Crabtree showed some signs of life. He's probably – more of a possession receiver at this point in his career. But, I mean, we've seen the Steelers' defense just get burned by anyone and everyone. So I wouldn't rule out uh, anyone in this offense. As far as the Steelers go, yeah, it's just the usual guys. I like Big Ben. I like uh, Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, and then I like the Vance McDonald call. That was good. I do think a lot of people will be chasing those points, but he is the best uh, receiving tight end in this offense, and he's $500 cheaper than Jesse James. Yeah, 2900 If that price sticks, uh, he's going to be a very popular play. But let's, I mean, DraftKings FanDuel, if anybody's listening, can we get a more, a higher level tournament for the two-game slate? The Sunday, yeah. Mondays, the Monday, Thursdays. I know the, the single-game showdown slates are very, very profitable, very popular. That's fine. Leave them there. But let's grow these two-game slates. I mean, these are fun, the Sunday, Monday games. So hopefully we continue to see some growth there. But that game looks like fun. Derek, let's get to Mr. Mahomes in Kansas City going into Denver here. This offense looks absolutely unstoppable right now. We know Denver can be a tough place to play. Let's not forget, Mahomes went in week 17 with some scrubs. I know it was against backups, but looked good last season in this matchup. Does the magic continue here for Mahomes against Denver? It's pretty crazy, the, you know, the level of efficiency that he's played at so far. He's averaging – Right around 30 pass attempts per game. He hasn't really done much in terms of rushing. We know he has the ability, but he hasn't really shown it yet. And he's averaging like 35 fantasy points per game. Uh, it's pretty crazy what he's been able to do at this point. Uh, you know, I'm fully on board. Uh, I don't mind the matchup against the Broncos. I know this is a tough place to play. But at this point, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to stop this offense. I am worried about Kareem Hunt. Uh, he was kind of bailed out a little bit by those two touchdowns. He's just not evolved in the passing game, so he's going to be sort of a touchdown or bust. Um, and there's going to be a lot of touchdowns in this offense, so we certainly can get those touchdowns. But for me, I like running backs that can uh, rack up some points uh, in the backfield, catching the ball a little bit. So I'm a little worried about Hunt. Mahomes, you can definitely pair him up with Hill, uh, Watkins, and Kelsey. And then uh, on the Broncos' side, 
I think it's a nice bounce back spot for this pass offense. Uh, the Chiefs have just been so bad in all phases of their defense. They haven't really needed to play good defense to win. But uh, yeah, I like Keenum. I like Sanders. I think that's a great pairing. You know, Demarius Thomas just continues to let us down week and week, week in and week out. Maybe he's going to be the low owned guy that uh, you know wins somebody this prime time or showdown slate. And, yeah, as far as the running backs go, I, I just don't know. I mean, Philip Lindsay throwing punches at the bottom of the pile, that was uh, that was interesting. He got kicked out for that. Um, as long as he doesn't, you know, face a suspension, then I think it's probably going to be a situation where I just avoid this time split. Yeah, I think Keenum, if you're talking about the two-game slate, people are either going to play Ben or they're going to play Mahomes. So if you want to be different, it's risky, but I don't mind Keenum here against a bad defense in Kansas City. Saves you some money, saves you some ownership. So. Chop, wrap us up for the analysis here, Chiefs and Broncos. So, uh, Derek mentioned James Conner, and there's just not a lot of options on this small slate. And I just – I feel like one option you could roll with is uh, playing Freeman and Lindsey in the same lineup on a short slate. And then you're – and then just sit back and hope that that's the way that Denver has game planned, that they're going to control the ball, control the clock, they're going to use both running backs, and they're going to keep Mahomes off the field. The key to winning these smaller slates is you find the angle you want to go with, and you take a stand on it, and you don't you don't waver on it. So, if I on paper it looks really phenomenal to say a 56 point total, and this is going to be a shootout, and I want all KC players and these Denver players, but in reality, it's football. You don't know what's going to happen. Buffalo proved that. So Denver could very well control the clock here, use Freeman, use Lindsey, grind it out, get first downs, keep Mahomes off the field and out of rhythm and win the game that way. And so I think you could play both these guys on the same roster. Other than that, Sanders looks great this year. I think Demarius could have a big game if they're forced to throw, which I, I know they don't want to get into that situation. So I'm a little leery of that. Then on the other side, of course, you could take Tyreek. He's matchup proof. He could beat anybody. Mahomes has looked great. So, and Kelsey's, Kelsey is Kelsey. He's the second best tight end in the league. So all viable plays. But if you want to be different and take a stand, I don't mind taking both Denver running backs and, and hoping that that angle plays off for us. I like that call, and it's cheap. I mean, if these prices stick, again, these aren't the showdown prices. I'm using the, the Thursday through Monday pricing is all we have as of this recording. But 45 for Lindsey, 44 for Freeman, it's going to save you a lot of salary and let you spend up on an Antonio Brown or Schuster some of those other high-end guys, Mahomes. So I like that call a lot, Chop. All right, that'll wrap us up for the analysis, guys. Any final thoughts on the football portion of the podcast before we move on to some fun user questions? Derek? Uh, nope, ready to get into it. Chop? This, it looks like a fun weekend. I'm, uh, I'm ready to bounce back, man. That was a, a good showing in week two, poor showing in week three. It's, it's time to bounce back now. Yeah, it's important to look back and look at, you know, was it was it a good play? Was it a bad play? Was it a bad process, good process? You always want to do that. But some of that stuff is just variance that just happened this week. So, you know, don't beat yourself up too bad. If your process has been good, stick with it. If not, maybe it's time to make a maneuver and switch things up. But looking forward to week four. And, again, thanks to everybody for listening. All right, let's get into some questions here. We'll take a few minutes, and then we'll wrap things up for part two of the DFS OGs podcast. Let's start with our very own Aaron Hendricks, the hazy one. And Chop, I'm going to go to you here first. How often do you see your wife during football season? And in a related question, how often do you consummate said marriage during football season? This is a very weird question from Aaron. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. 
it's a little bit, it's almost borderline, you know, stepping over that line. I don't know what he's crossing the line here somewhere. I don't know where it is. How often do I see my, I see my wife every day for multiple hours a day. I can't really, <laughs> can't really get around it. You know, it's not, it's not really a choice I have, but yeah, I get what he's saying. It, it, it does. The, the thing about uh, what I do and I'm sure Derek's the same way and I'm sure beer is the same way. Like you've got this daytime where they're usually at their, you know, typical nine to five job doing that thing. That's when we're alone. That's when we're doing our work. But when they get home, you, you better be able to devote some time. You better kind of drop drop away from your computer for a little bit and still spend some time with the family or else you're going to have a really, really horrible personal life. And you don't want that to happen. So as far as part two of that, you know, I like to keep it steady, man. I like to keep it, uh, you know, uh, be on a nice normal schedule. So, you know, I don't I don't want to get too in-depth. It will be a little bit personal there, but – you know, suffice to say, when Friday night rolls around, it's just fun time in the chop household. There you go. All right, Derek, same question to you, buddy. How often do you see the wife? And, uh, yeah, go on from there, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, so I know there are a lot of experts in the industry that when it's football season, they don't really pay attention to their family. Uh, that's not really me. Yeah, I like chop. I see my wife just as much uh, during the NFL season as I do any other time of the year. Uh, maybe on Sunday mornings, you know, I'll go down in my dungeon and, uh, you know, not see him for a couple hours, but she likes to watch football with me. So, uh, I definitely see my family a lot, no matter what, uh, as far as, uh, you know, the, the sex, uh, it's about the same. Although, uh, you know, if I have any big GPP wins, maybe that'll ramp up a little bit. There you go. There you go. So it, for me, it, it's simple. You know, I couldn't do all this without my wife. She's great. She's understanding. She gives me the space, but I agree with you guys. You got to find some time for your family and not just push them off because it's football season. And it's a good lesson for anybody out there. You know, I, I get this question a lot. How do you balance everything, you know, with life and DFS and fantasy and work? And you, you, to me, it's family first. And you know, we put a lot of time into this. I have a ton of fun with it, but you got to put that family first. And I'm a chop, regular schedule, and I'm good with it. You can't just kind of pop in. You know, it's football season. You're not around. Then you try to pop in and, hey, baby, how you doing? And that's not going to work. So. Got to find that balance. Now, speaking of wives, one of our wives popped in with some good questions here, Derek. This, this was good. So, first question, if each of you were a movie character, who would you be and why? And you can't answer for yourself. So, I'm going to go first here. And I don't know why this came to mind, but I think of Derek as Lance Harbor from that football movie. Oh, that's a good uh, one. <laughs> Uh, what the hell is the name? Varsity of Blues. Varsity Blues, you know. It's That's the, a classic, man. Yeah, the, the quarterback, small town, and, and just running the show. And I, I don't know why. Lance Harbor came to mind for Derek. That's a good one. I, I did think of that one. For, for Derek, I, I see Derek as like uh, the real sensitive guy, you know, <laughs> real sensitive kind of guy, quiet. So I'm going to go with like a – some character from an Owen Wilson movie, uh, maybe like the, uh, maybe Marley and me, Owen Wilson in that dog, little doggy movie, Marley, and he's real sensitive and got the blonde hair and all that. So I'm going to go with Derek's Owen Wilson, any, any Owen Wilson sappy movie. <laughs> Come on, Derek, it's yeah. Owen Wilson. Derek, you got anything for this question? Uh, I don't have anything good. I thought we were answering for ourselves, but, uh, yeah, I'll throw one out there for chop. You know, he seems like, uh, you know, real romantic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go uh, Edward Cullen from twilight. Uh, 
that seems like that seems like chop to me. Chop, yeah, he probably gets some life, uses them big words, <laughs> luscious and the, ex, exquisite, and you know, that, sparkles in the sunlight when yeah, he takes Ladies shirt off. like that oh, stuff. Look at that. You got All right, making me blush. Derek, <laughs> if, if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't really. Have any problems with anybody? I wouldn't be getting any fights. Uh, you know, maybe I'd be. Yeah, I have no good answer for this one, to be honest with you. Mine would be streaking through Lambeau Field, just hammered, drunk, and that that would be what I would be arrested for. So, uh, yeah, some kind of drunk and disorderly would be. But you know, we're getting up there in age. That that might have happened 20 years ago, but who knows? Maybe you have a few too many. Chop, you get arrested. What happened? Uh, I probably had some, uh, some drugs on me. <laughs> that's probably, that's not that I would have them on me. It's what my family would think happened, you know? Oh, he got arrested. Oh, dude, he probably had some drugs on him. All right. And the final one from the great Miss Noto, what would be the worst sports player name you could ever give a child? Tiger. <laughs> oh, Derek, do you care to respond? <laughs> Tiger? That's, that's, oh, now here we go. We're going to get Uh-oh. a little tussle here. I had, there. Uh, I had to listen to you <laughs> look at your Twitter all weekend, man. I'm, I got to exact some revenge. You made me sit through all the Tiger Woods tweets this weekend. Come on, nah, man. I told you to hit the mute button. It all has no pants on, and it's Tuesday. Derek, worst sports player name you could give a child? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of them out there. Um, that's why I'm just googling some old ones. Uh, Coco, Coco Chris. That was a pretty. That's a pretty good name. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I got one, and I loved some a new bowl. But how the hell do you name your kid Bowl Bowl? B O L B O L. That's a good one. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> we gotta be a little bit more creative than that. Uh, all right, from Josh ADHD. Best shower beer you've ever had, and and Derek, you look for some clarification here. So you answer this however you want to answer this. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I tried to get some clarification. Is this uh, me in the shower drinking a beer, or is this me dumping a beer over my head as a shower? And yeah, Whatever uh, you want it to be. Yeah, I guess they got to be different answers because, uh, you know, I don't like those stout beers, so uh, I'd probably do one of those. Uh, I don't mind wasting that, pouring that over my head. Um, as far as drinking a beer in the shower, it's got to be something light. can't be too heavy while you're showering, especially if uh, you've got the significant other in there. So I would just go with, like, a Coors Light. See, I'm, any beer, if the wife's in there, you know, we'll go back to that last question. That, that's my answer to this question. So it, it don't matter the damn beer. Just give me a beer. Give me the wife. I'm happy. Chop. Shower beer. My uh, answer to that would be simply like most normal people, I can wait the 20 minutes until I get out of the shower to actually drink the beer. <laughs> Come that's, on, not, that's not normal, man. You gotta, you gotta have some fun. I'm not, I'm not, I think I've, I think I've taken a beer in the shower maybe once my whole life. That's not my thing. I don't, I don't, uh, particularly, I don't, I don't get the, uh, zeal of taking the, the beer in the shower. Maybe a hot tub. That's different, but we're, t- we're talking a real shower here. Hot tub. Yeah. Give me a little, you know, a sixer there by my side and some ice, but in that case, anyway, I'm I'm a simple beer guy. Give me a Budweiser, Bud Light. Like I've said before, I'm not the trendy IPA guy. All right, let's chop with the hot tub beer. All right, let's wrap it up. Larry Sorge wants to know, would you rather be able to watch any NFL game in person at no cost but have to be a vegan or <laughs> eat whatever you want for free and never watch an NFL game again? Chop. Give me the first option. I – I, I, first of all, I don't, I don't think, 
I would not want to live without football. No, you know, I want, I want the option that says that uh, I, I, I don't want to not be able to watch football again. As far as the food, I can sacrifice a little food. I, c- I could stand to use uh, a little sacrifice on the food anyway. You know, I'm getting older now. I need to drop some pounds. I don't need to force all that red meat down my throat. So I'm cool with being a vegan if I get to keep watching football. You can't take football out of my life. Now, this is NFL chop. I know you're a big college guy. So the answer staying the same? Yeah, I got. I can't right. not go with. I can't not have football. Derek, same question to you. Would you rather be able to watch an NFL game in person at no cost, but have to be a vegan, or eat whatever you want for free and never watch an NFL game again? Yeah, pretty simple for me. If I stopped eating meat, I would just wither away. Um, <laughs> so for my livelihood, I have to take the second one. As long as I can still play fantasy football, uh, you know that's my real passion. I love watching the game as well. But uh, if I can still play fantasy football and not watch the games. I would definitely take option. Okay, well, let's change the question for Derek <laughs> and replace NFL with NBA. Uh, see, as long as I can still play, I think I would be okay with uh, it. Not a big sports watcher, period, huh? I am. I just Hey, I've gotten accustomed to uh, some TV shows on my TV all night, all day. Uh, kids TV. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah. The kids take over that damn TV. You're lucky to get any time in. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm a big dude. Give me the food. I'll, I'll sacrifice some NFL. I'll watch some college, like Derek said. I can play some fantasy, so I don't need to watch the football. Give, give me the food. So that'll wrap us up here for part two, some great user questions. So thank you for that. Hopefully the analysis helps you guys take down some big scores. Guys, we've talked about a lot, football, life, food, sex. We, we've covered a lot of things here. Final thoughts to wrap us up for week four, Derek. Yeah, just, uh, you know, play to your strengths. If you, uh, you know, have a team that's consistently above the 50-50 line, just uh, play more cash games. If you're one of those uh, people that like to make a bunch of uh, tournament lineups and hopes uh, to cash out on one of those big prizes, then, uh, you know, play more tournaments. And Yeah, it should be a fun week. Don't be afraid to go back to the players that burned you the week before, uh, except for Bortles. Don't go back to him. Yeah, don't do that. But it's very important, like Derek said, look back at your results. I know that the calendar turns over quickly. We're already focused on the next week. But you can learn a lot about yourself as a player, breaking down other people's lineups. So make sure you guys are doing that each and every week. Can't stress that enough. So, Chop, final thoughts here for week four. Yeah, sometimes you, you see a week like week three and it, and it slaps you in the face and tells you that it, this is still just a game and you really can't predict it with some of the things that happened in week three. And uh, so don't take your process – take your process seriously, but don't go like – so don't try to be to- so meticulous in your research that, you know, you, you're trying to cover everything. Just use it, you know, have fun with it. That's, that's when I find you, you have the best uh, experiences, having fun with it. Absolutely. Have some fun. Can't say it any better than that. So that's going to wrap us up again for the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. The football's over. I'm going to go get me a shower beer here, Chop. So, or Chop, or Noto, I am beer. Saying salut here for week four. We'll see you right back here for the podcast for week five. We're out of here.